And what that allows us to do is, is essentially uh, keep them up to date and, and, and help them through that technology journey, that digital transformation journey, so they can focus on their business. Welcome to the Business Behind Your Business, conversations to help your business grow and thrive. Hi, I'm Paul Sweeney, founder of Predium Solutions, chartered accountants and certified business advisors, hosting the Business Behind Your Business. So welcome to the Business Behind Your Business. Uh, today I've got Luke Icavelli here from Unitech IT Solutions. And uh, we're going to be talking about the IT requirements for, well, pretty much for any kind of business, but particularly looking at a business when you're setting up, what do you need to have in place? So Luke, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Paul, uh, and thank you for having me here today. Um, yeah, look, I mean, IT uh, in general is quite a, a broad area and covers a lot of, you know, different different platforms, different uh, technologies, different solutions. I guess for businesses that are looking to sort of start up, um, it's important to have a clear understanding of what their requirements are in terms of operations. Uh, and, and oftentimes IT is broken up into different sections. So you've got things like your emails, which is a vital part of communication. You've got your data, your company data, you know, files, documents, um, applications, what programs you use as a business. Uh, and then obviously um, the third part is where all where is all that going to be stored and kept? Is it going to be kept on premise or is it going to be stored in the cloud? And, and it can come down to a situation of being, you know, a, you know, a solution that's on premises uh, or fully in the cloud or even a hybrid, which is quite popular these days. So uh, understanding what those requirements are and if you have already established a business and you're a few months old, what's your setup look like at the moment? You know, uh, do you uh, do you have your emails, you know, with with, with Gmail and your data stored locally on a computer, um, do you need to other people to access that data, and how does that work? You know, and what does your future look like? Are you going to be growing to five or six or ten or twenty staff down the track? And so, how does that uh, look and feel? Um, so, having those discussions is very important, and understanding that um, that roadmap, that technology roadmap, and then you know providing the guidance around that journey mm. and what solutions are available to accommodate all of those yeah that's great so you mentioned talk, like planning about sort of like yep. how many people you're going to have involved and what you're going to be doing in the future and i think that's where a lot of um particularly people starting their business get stuck is that they they have an idea to start a business and they'll go out and they'll just go to a, a general electronic store and buy the first laptop on sale uh, without thinking about whether it's going to actually be able to be suitable for their purpose or what their their long term plan is, and they'll they'll end up with this sort of piecemeal approach. So, um, what can, what's the disadvantage of doing that? Well, generally, what happens is if you go to sort of retail chains or, or what have you, and, and just buy a computer off the shelf, their primary goal is to sell you a product. Oftentimes, that product might come with a free version of a cloud based email system or free version of you know three six five or something that they throw in as part of a, 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 you know, a deal to sweeten the opportunity for them. They're not designing a solution to meet a specific business need. Um, there is also you know, uh, Windows uh, versions of Windows requirements that might impede on you know, future solutions for the, the organization, such as Windows Home versus Windows Professional. So essentially, you know, what needs to happen is you need to understand 
what is the potential outcome going to look like? You know, do you have intentions or does the client have intentions in the next five years to be, you know, have five staff working out of an office? Um, or are they going to be working remotely from home? Is there going to be staff that are traveling? And therefore tailoring, you know, the right hardware to fit and then obviously their ability to access that information. So, you know, let's centralize the emails into a single location, whether it's 365, whether it's uh, Google G Suite, or what have you, um, you know, working out what's what does the data look like? Are they simple, you know, um, uh, Word documents or Excel spreadsheets? Are they video and audio files, which tend to take up a lot more resources? Um, are you doing graphic space work, you know, CAD and, and 3D drawings and things like that, which which play a big impact on, on storage, you know? Most everyday laptops that you buy from the shops won't be able to accommodate the large storage requirements for those sort of files. Um, you know, uh, and, and mobility, you know, do, do you need a laptop? You know, can you use a tablet? Can you use a Surface device? There's a multitude of different hardware options available. And as um, the dynamics of the working environment changes quite substantially, it's very important to understand, you know, what is your key hardware requirement to be able to move forward with that. Mm. Uh, and I guess having, as your business grows, it's easy to manage if you've got consistency with your hardware as well. Correct, yeah. So, um, you know, many of our clients purchase business-grade machines with a, you know, a set series of three- to four-year warranty periods, um, very different to the products that they sell in the retail chains. They are very much consumer-driven, um, operating uh, more about the look and feel and cheap, um, whereas, you know, the business line of products is more robust, they're designed for business environments, they're specced with a different series of specifications and are backed by, you know, uh, often a national or international sort of warranty. So that if you do travel overseas, you can actually, you know, get support for that particular device, much more robust and structured really, really well. And then ensuring that is maintained and, and life cycled. You know, some larger organisations tend to refresh the hardware every three years, um, you know, uh, depending on the um, you know on the requirement and obviously the, the 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 budget, but generally refreshing at the end of the warranty. Manufacturers vendor warranty is often a good time to refresh and rechange the hardware, keeping it modern. You know, uh, understanding what you know the requirements are in terms of you know if you are travelling, you may want a lightweight, portable sort of device you may want one with the touchscreen that you can use as a tablet as well so just a multitude of different hardware options available and just sort of specifying what they require if it's office staff that are sitting in an office you know a desktop what sort of desktop do they need will they require one or two screens you know a lot of people use two screens these days because it improves the productivity quite substantially i personally use two screens and, and i find that if it's it's difficult to go back to one mm. Um, you know, and, and people are now stepping into that third screen realm, <laughs> yep. which is quite uh, quite interesting. But yeah, just understanding what that looks like and how that that obviously works for the moving forward. Mm. That's right. And you you discussed um, like the free versions of software and how yep. they might not be compatible. Um, I guess if you have multiple devices purchased retail at different mm -hmm. times, you're going to have different varieties of. of software on those on those computers and that's got to be hard to manage absolutely so you know for example if you were to purchase a laptop and they threw in, threw in a free copy of office 365 oftentimes you'll register that office 365 using your email address and that kicks off you know 
the, the, the one year period for that product. Two days later or a month later, you buy a second laptop for another staff member and they throw in another free version of, of Office 365 and you kick that off. Suddenly you've got two different subscriptions running off two separate email accounts that are both due at different times of the year. The other uh, issue with that is the, the use of those 365 free disks or, or free subscriptions is storing the data in actually storing it in separate locations. So that's not joined together under the single company domain. Mm. Whereas if you um, were to get a, a company or corporate 365 subscription, um, it would be registered under the domain of your business, uh, it would be a single tenant, and then both your staff members' emails will be stored in one central location and they're logging into that one tenant to access those emails. So it provides much more um, flexibility in terms of adding and removing subscriptions. Uh, it makes renewal processes a lot easier because you renew everything once. You have the flexibility of yearly or monthly billing terms, um, but also it's all centrally stored, managed and backed up. Uh, and, and, you know, picture, you know, five different computers with five different 365 subscriptions all due at different times. Um, it's very disjointed um, and there's no, um, you know, tracking of, you know, the, where the data is, how do we extract that data. Uh, you know, we've worked with many situations where we've had to help clients consolidate all of those 365 subscriptions. You know, a lot of people might register under their personal um, you know, Gmail or Hotmail account instead of their corporate one. And so you've got all this um, confusion about where the data is, what the licensing structure looks like. Whereas if we put it all under one central 365 platform under the one company domain, you know, it's a lot easier to manage moving forward. And I, I think most businesses would not just be using Office 365 no. or, or an email tenant. They'd probably Absolutely. have, I think, looking at most businesses now where 15 to 20 different software applications Absolutely. is pretty normal these days. Mm -hmm. And if you've got 15 to 20 times however many individual employee subscriptions, there's a real case for managing it all centrally. Um, one from a, a cost control, because there's obviously savings when you, what, the more, um, I guess, licenses you have for mm -hmm. a product. Um, but the costs of managing that, and then also those those random subscriptions that keep appearing on your credit card that you think, well, whose subscription is that, or does it belong to it? Are we still using it? So there's a lot of, um, I guess, leakage there by not managing this, but not not just in a cash point of view, but in time. And then the, actually, you mentioned something which is really uh, becoming more and more crucial, particularly with a lot of people working from home, is the use of non-business email or uh, non-business accounts connected to a business and uh, you know that's got to be a risk in um, particularly with all the cyber cyber issues that we're, we're hearing about these yeah, days absolutely so uh, obviously um, the the use of cloud and, and the evolution of cloud has come a long way and and most software vendors these days do provide a cloud offering for their particular product what that does mean as you rightly pointed out is you know a multitude of logins accounts subscriptions monthly fees you know you've got a you know, program here program the programs everywhere in the cloud that that's all um, you know requires its own individual login what's actually happening now is a lot of these uh, uh, programs uh, are integrating with each other now uh, and they're starting to evolve more into um, you can create central platforms now or central logins or third-party applications that store everything centrally um, you log in once and all of your applications are visible there and from there you can then 
toggle off to where you need to go. Um, this is obviously becoming more and more uh, evident in light of the changing work environments, staff working remotely from home, in remote offices. Um, it also ties in nicely with organisations and businesses that are expanding with you know into other markets, other areas, and so they can't have a physical presence there to watch over their staff and what they're doing. They can actually centralise everything into these um, sort of um, you know central locations. And there's a multitude of products out there that do offer that type of integration. You know, Microsoft. Uh, do integrate quite nicely with a range of other, you know, third parties, uh, and do provide sort of single sign-on authentication services where you just sign in once and you can access all your different different uh, software portfolios. Uh, in terms of the personal emails and things like that, with the the vastly remote working environment that exists at the moment, cybersecurity uh, has really gone up substantially as a result of that. And so, utilising personal email addresses, you know, through a Gmail, Hotmail, or whatever, um, attaching company files to that does pose a serious risk because they are not part of any network domain. They are an independent, free sort of pop account type environment, and are more susceptible to being intercepted hacked, reviewed, scanned, fished, or what have you, um, which does pose a serious risk. So, you know, it's important to, to sort of separate the personal email from the work email. Uh, it's also, you know, there's nothing stopping you being able to view both of them using a, a single application, but do, you know, try to keep them separate because they are more susceptible to being, you know, targeted versus a more corporate structure that might be locked down, secured, you know, there might be two-factor authentication and other monitoring tools in there to protect, you know, the data, the email, the content, the attachments, whatever it may be, from uh, from cyber, cyber mm. criminals. Mm. So this whole cyber issue is, is something that... <coughs> that we can spend a lot of time talking yes, about and we might, we might devote another sure. episode purely to that yep. cyber risk. And um, I think what we're, what we're discovering here is that the IT is a very important part or information technology, uh, whether it be hardware, software, applications, email, um, very important. It's a crucial part of every business now. It, it used to be like an additional expense, but now it's an mm-hmm. integral part of operations. Uh, you could spend a lot of time managing your subscriptions, managing you know, whether your antivirus is up to date, whether you've got the right patches installed. Um, and if you did all that, that'd take a lot of time away from running your actual business. So what is the advantage of outsourcing that, um, that role to, to somebody like Unitech Solutions? Certainly. So um, 100% correct. IT, you know, I don't know any business now that doesn't have a computer of some sort to, to use some form of IT in, in one way or another. Uh, and that can even be as simple as logging into your online banking. Um, the, the, you're right that there's a lot to manage there and there's a lot to keep on top of. Um, and particularly with growing threats out there, obviously it's important to make sure that the systems are updated. Um, the challenge for a lot of businesses is that they can't afford to have internal IT people or may not be big enough to have an internal IT person. Um, and they're also very hard to find internal IT people or dedicated IT people because of the, the growing demand for the industry. So um, you know, Unitech Solutions, for example, becomes the IT department or the IT team for all of our clients, and we provide the full range of different support services. So in a lot of cases, the clients go down the path of a managed service plan, where with that, 
we provide a, a whole range of different patching support, ongoing maintenance and support services for the entire client's infrastructure. And with that is a range of reporting that comes out of it to be able to let the client uh, clearly see what the, the position and health is of their network. But they have a team of, of people behind them that they can call for anything relating to technology. And so what that does is that takes that that burden away from them. They don't have to worry about the technology. They can procure and get everything supported through one central location. And what that allows us to do is, is essentially uh, keep them up to date and, and, and help them through that technology journey, that digital transformation journey, so they can focus on their business. They don't want to be worrying about uh, my backups working. Have they been tested? You know, um, are my machines patched? You know, if I've got a problem, who do I call? If my internet goes down, who do I call? They can all be channeled through a central location and uh, and just provides clients with much more peace of mind about the support offering that they're getting from a technology perspective. Yeah, when things go when things go wrong, um, you know, as the owner of the business, you've got to know how to fix it or, or who, where to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. And, and the time you invest in fixing something takes away from running your business and generating income. Yeah. Um, better still prevent the problem from happening. So having a regular uh, review of your systems, identifying what's going on in them and, and when things need fixing. Um, certainly one of the, the advantages we get is, is knowing that there, there, there is an issue and, and we might not have been aware of it um, and the only way we would have become aware of it when, was when something went wrong. But yep. having that, that external eye on our, our systems to say, well, hang on, you, this is this has fallen over, we need to re, reinstall it or, yeah. or we need to fix it or it needs an update, um, I don't have the time to worry about that. So it's great uh, peace of mind to be able to, to, to outsource that. Um, so I have my external IT department, um, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the, the whole notion of, you know, the old mentality of, of break fix is is changing. It's still there, but it's changing. It's coming more towards a proactive monitoring and maintenance plan. And you're 100% uh, correct there, Paul. Um, you know, a, a lot of business and business owners, particularly in the startup and early stages, you know, uh, a perfect example uh, is your internet goes down. A lot of startup and, and, and businesses that are early on in, in their in their life cycle, um We'll spend a lot of time trying to fix or work out why their internet's gone down. I use the internet going down because it's a very common problem that can occur and one that has a multitude of different uh, resolution areas of, of where that problem may have occurred. You know, if your internet goes down, it could be so many different possibilities. So to waste time going through each of those, um, you know, steps obviously takes away from being productive for you as a business so you know we have experienced uh, staff that have been in the industry for you know over 25 years that we know what to look for so if a client rings up and says oh my internet's gone down there are a series of very quick troubleshooting steps that we can do to immediately determine whether a it's a carrier issue infrastructure issue or physical hardware issue at the premise. Um, and then from there, able to you know resolve it much, much quicker than a client spending time checking, you know, is my equipment working? You know, is my line working? Do I have to call an electrician to get the line checked? Is it a carrier issue? You know, even simply calling the carrier, I mean, dealing with carriers can be quite, you know, uh, troublesome at the best of times, you know. So not to have to worry about that uh, is a big, you know, uh, uh, ease for a lot of clients because they can say, well, you know what? 
you guys deal with it and let me know what the problem is. And then we can report back and go, look, it is a carrier issue and this might be the ETA. So there's a lot of steps that we take out of that process and we can cut down what might take someone five or six hours to try and fix to you know an hour or so to at least identify what the problem is and then be able to provide some recommendations for that. You know, if it is a carrier outage and it is expected to go on for a period of time, what's our fallback options? Do we have a contingency plan? Can we put in a, a, a dongle for you as a temporary solution or whatever it may be, you know, to be able to overcome that? Yeah, no, that's great. So you've given some really good explanations of how a managed IT department or an external, externally managed IT department can actually work to a business advantage and how having that consistent and unified framework is a lot better than that piecemeal approach, which a lot of such business owners start with. They, they start with that piecemeal approach. So certainly there are clear advantages here of uh, managing the IT department. And there's a lot of different, as you said, a lot of different aspects to IT. Uh, and we're gonna get you back to talk about a few more of those sure. um, in the future episodes. So uh, thank you for your time today, Luke. My it's been pleasure. great to, to talk about this. And, and I think many business owners will, will get a better understanding of, of how uh, a managed IT service can really help their business. Fantastic, thank you very much, Paul. No problem, thanks, Luke. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Do you have a question you'd like our team of experts to answer? If you do, send your question to podcast at thebusinessbehindyourbusiness.com. To hear more from The Business Behind Your Business, don't forget to subscribe using your favourite podcast player. Or you can visit thebusinessbehindyourbusiness.com website.